Hi, I'm Chris Apolito, and welcome to the Get Coached Podcast, where I'm documenting my journey from employee to entrepreneur while featuring the coaches that are helping me along the way. Each episode, these coaches provide actionable advice to help me and you, the audience, find more success as entrepreneurs. I invite you to join the journey so we can go and grow together. Welcome to another episode of the Get Coached podcast. In this episode, I sat down with Chris Mathis. We get into more details about this, but Chris went from being homeless to becoming a world-class motivational speaker, business coach, and author of the best-selling book, From Success to Significance, The Eight Keys to Achieving Any Goal or Dream. The main thing that Chris and I talked about was how changing an association can change your path in life and how to love but insulate yourself from the people who you don't want to end relationships with, like family and longtime friends. So please enjoy this conversation with Chris Mathis. Hey, Chris, welcome to the Get Coached podcast. Great to have you on here. Really excited to have a conversation with you as this is going to be a bit of a different one, but welcome to the show. And uh, I'd love to just jump right in, actually. You've <laughs> got a fantastic story as far as how you became, um, well, currently I, I'd call you a serial entrepreneur, but part of why I have you on the show is because you, you have a business of coaching as well, business coaching. So I was wondering if we could maybe start where, what was, the, the moment in time in your life that really got you into the world of business and entrepreneurship? First off, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I would say the thing that got me off into business and entrepreneurship was, um, it probably goes back to my teen years. I took a business class in high school when I was 16 and it, it changed the game for me. Um, just the things that I learned really intrigued me as a kid coming from poverty, um, fatherless home. My father was driving for 30 years and just all these different things that I come from. And then finding this thing that I thought could be the way that kind of changes my, my life. And I, uh, I fell in love and I never looked back. <laughs> I've been going ever since. That's awesome. What was yeah. it? Do you remember in particular what it was that you fell in love with? Like yeah. what aspect of the, of, of business was it? It started with Microsoft programming, like okay. learning word doc, learning Excel. Um, I went to some small competitions in high school with that. I also went to some small uh, spelling competitions around business spelling words and things of that nature. I went on to compete at the state level in all of those things. And uh, I did very well there. And that, that was when one of my teachers just encouraged me, like, you should really stick with this. Don't let this go. You found something that's working for you, like continue to ride that wave. And before I knew it, man, I was, I was starting my first business a few years later. <laughs> <After> that. <That's, laughs> how does one compete with Microsoft word yeah. in excel i i don't know that actually yeah yeah so it was, i don't think they do it anymore but back then on the program we it was the acronym was bat be uh business applications and technology and what they would do is they would time you and give you exercises to complete um on creating an excel form or sheet or having to write out a certain type of document with certain formatting principles and layouts and whatnot and you were timed as to how fast you would get it done and then they would grade you based on errors how much of it you completed and so on. Interesting. Yeah. Um, sounds like a, a, almost like a proficiency exam or, yes. or competition. Absolutely. Cool. <laughs> so coming out of that, 
what was was there a business around that that software that you ended up ultimately starting or what was that first business that you you ended up starting yeah so that kind of i believe i think for me that kind of gave me the belief that you know being in business entrepreneurship was an option for my life uh, was something i could consider and pursue further uh, but it really didn't take off until I started getting more into sales and marketing. And after my first sales and marketing job, which was at a local tuxedo store um, selling suits, that was what really opened me up to this world of business, entrepreneurship, sales and marketing. And then shortly, I say about two years or so later, I uh, ventured out and started my first marketing business. Oh, okay. So you got into, yeah. so you were helping other businesses with marketing. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yep. Helping okay. other businesses with entry-level marketing, promotional type information. Uh, mom and pop shops, things of that nature. Uh, from there, I ended up moving to Detroit and I was actually, I was homeless for a year um, while trying to figure this thing out and get it started. Living out of a hotel, um, ended up failing and lost everything um, right. after building up a, a fairly successful business, I guess you could say. Uh, lost everything, moved back to Grand Rapids, Michigan into my mother's basement for the next four years. Uh, went on to work for a large home improvement company in marketing. And that is when I caught my next break. Um, was working there and it, it just took me to another level in my career. And then I, I became independent from that company. Seven years later, I left in 2010 and then I've been on my own ever since. This coming May will make 10 years um, since I've been in my business. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. That's, Thank you. I think that's something that a lot of us are striving for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In um, 2007, I started a speaking career. Um, I got asked so often, you know, at a young, at my mid twenties, like, how did you do it? How did you become so successful in this space of business at such a young age? And so yeah. I thought if I could just share that story with people, I could tell, here's some things that I learned through my failures and my successes about life and business. And before I knew it, um, I was volunteering. And one day someone called and offered to pay me to come in and share my story with some groups. And so I did. And the rest was history. I, I knew I was on to something from there. And uh, three years later, I was walking out of my job for the last time. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I want to kind of go back to um, that time where you were you you spent the year homeless. Yeah, and and you had mentioned that the business ended up failing. Um, if you do you mind if like we go back to that time and just kind of like what what was it that ended up kind of what was the beginning of the downfall of the business or what was it that ended up happening that that caused the business to yeah to go the way it did? Very good question. So I think it was a, a, a multiple of things. I think some of the things was me being very immature in business, uh, being very new to a situation, um, going out to the area with partners with the goal of, our goal is to build this thing up. And then as we build this up, we will individually branch out and start our own locations. Um, it was not, it, going into a situation like that at 20 years old is not as simple as you may think. <laughs> <laughs> not having a full background in business, only having a couple of years in this space and really just going out on a pipe dream that, you know, this first time out is going to work. Um, I think the other mistake that I made was being in Detroit, in the Detroit area, actually, because I lived in the suburbs of Detroit, being there Monday through Friday, but then coming back home to the same crowds of people in the same environments that I was fighting so hard to get away from. Yeah. Uh, did not help the, the self-development, personal development aspect of building my business or me actually staying focused on business. And so um, a combination of those things put together created a downfall mm. for the business from there. Um, so, so that is what I would credit it to. So it sounds like I, I'm going to summarize a little bit and correct me if I'm yeah. wrong here, but it sounds like a little, you would attribute 
um, part of it being association. So like the people that you were around and influencing you just weren't helping you level up to where you needed to be. Absolutely. Yeah. That's super interesting. And, and it's, it's so crazy how, how something like association gets overlooked by a lot of people. Yes. Would you have said, so if you were to give yourself advice back then, yep. um, cause I would assume some of these, these people that you were associating with were people you considered or called friends at the time. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Absolutely. Would you have advised your younger self that you're better off being uh, like a f- no friends versus hanging out with that group of people? Or, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think of the advice that I, I once heard from motivational speaker Les Brown. He said, there are some people you have to keep in your heart and out of your life. Um, simply meaning you love them from a distance for a little while. And, yeah. and that was the tough lesson that I had to learn was that um, I think that a part of it, a part of the struggles that we have as entrepreneurs is that we feel that success guilt that because we've made it and we still have friends and family that are struggling, we, we can't separate from that. It's hard to tear away from that part of our life because it's a part of who we are. Yeah. And so it's challenging to then begin to have success, make money, whatever that looks like, knowing that you still have, you know, a big part of your family or friends that are still struggling in an environment that um, you have now walked away from. There's a, there's a survivor's guilt that comes with that. And then yeah. you find yourself unconsciously sabotaging your success success without even realizing it. Mm. And that's I where I found myself. I don't know if you saw my eyes like, whoa. I did. Yeah, I think you're <laughs> like, hang on now. Hang on. <laughs> Maybe I need to reflect on my own behaviors yeah, lately. Um, we all do. <laughs> that's super fascinating. I almost, I kind of want to dig into that a little bit yeah. more before we jump on to something else. Let's so, do it. The advice being almost in a sense of isolate yourself, protect yourself from those negative influences, though still love those people, right? Because you're not, you're not trying to tell them they're bad people. You're just saying like, I just can't spend a lot of time with you at this point. Yep. So you start isolating yourself as an entrepreneur. And then I, I would assume you, because I know I've kind of felt this at times myself as I'm going through my journey, you start feeling almost like alone, uh, loneliness in a sense. So what would be the advice for somebody who has taken the initial advice and, okay, I'm going to kind of start distancing myself, but then they almost get into this shell and then they start feeling a little lonely yeah. What would be the, the, the next step as far as like, okay, well, that's natural, but what, this is what you should maybe think of doing next kind of. Yeah. Idea. The, the loneliness is a part of success. Unfortunately. I mean, the, the higher you go up that ladder, the more lonely it becomes for some people, the more success they have. So my advice for those who struggle in that space is that you don't completely isolate 100% from that audience, but you have to have a healthier balance of how much time you spend there versus how much time you spend away. So that's when your 80-20 rule comes into play. 80% of your time is spent focused on your business. 20% of your time is being around friends and family and those that keep you humble and grounded into the earth. But then that can only be done for so long. You can't talk business in that circle and expect to see things Hmm. take off and happen. It just doesn't work that way, especially when they're not business people. They don't come from that kind of a background. You have to find that balance. And so for me, um, what I later learned was that I had to spend my time with successful business people who could help me understand and learn that or learn that piece of it. But then it didn't hurt for me to come and have dinner with family. 
It didn't hurt for me to have a Saturday night where I hang out with friends for two hours and then I'm back to the grind. Um, you know, to, just to keep me grounded and humble so that I don't float off into the clouds because of my success. Right. And so right. I think that's just crucial to the success of any person is you have to have that group of friends or family who knew you before you were doing all this. So I keep, I keep a circle of that around me even to this day. Yeah. What do you, uh, this is almost turning into like a coaching session here. What would you, <laughs> when, when you're around those people though, how, did you ever experience it where they, they look at you and they still see like old Chris. It's funny because oh, yeah. we have kind of same sounding name spelled differently, yeah. but they yeah. look at you and they're like, Oh, well, old Chris wouldn't do that. Old Chris, you know, like we remember old Chris and Chris of the old days didn't do that. He didn't, nope. but then like, you're trying to show this new Chris and they're kind of like, what is this? Who is this? And yep. like, did you ever go through that struggle a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, I think that's a part of this process of growth and change that comes with reaching success. And what we have to remember is, I think it's a line that Jay-Z said, uh, no one works that hard to stay the same. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. no one works that hard to stay the same, right? So you, you have to be able to show them that I'm growing and I'm changing and it's up to you to keep up with my growth and change as you grow and change and we grow together or I grow without you. Right. Those become the options. Yeah. And that's a part of the the... Uh, pain that comes with success and then the success guilt that comes with it as well on the other side hmm. is you, you have to be able to to figure that out and I'll add one more thing to that I think there's two things that every entrepreneur must have to get through this phase you have to be really really good at solving problems and you have to learn discipline those are the two key factors that you must have to survive these phases of figuring out your life, figuring out your business, and then the success that comes along with it. Right. You have to get good at both of those. Right. Good advice. I yeah. think I'll, let's wrap that up. Cause I, I could probably, <laughs> we could like, let's talk more. Layers. Let's dig more. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about the now, like what, where, what are you up to now? I had mentioned earlier that I consider you a serial entrepreneur because yeah. you're involved in a ton of different stuff. <laughs> Do you want to share a little bit of what you're involved in and, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah. So um, for the last 12 years, I've been a professional motivational speaker. Um, I've spoken at events all over the place. Uh, I'm a best-selling author. I wrote, the, I wrote a book called From Success to Significance, The Eight Keys to Achieving Any Goal or Dream. Um, I own a successful wine tour company uh, called Raise a Glass Wine Tours. Uh, I own a coaching business called uh, Full Circle Coaching. And then I recently launched an investment group for supporting small businesses that are trying to find their way called the K-Man Investment Group. Um, so, and that's just a tip of some of the things that my hands are in. I'm working on a film, as you can yeah. talk about a second ago from my shoulder yeah, yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, I just, I love to play and dabble and then just find things that I really enjoy. And I'm thankful that I've created enough freedom in my life to be able to do these things and uh, enjoy all of my passions rather than being limited to just one or two of them. Right. So, yeah. So I've, 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 my passion overall just comes down to helping people. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. And so any of the things you look at that I do, they all revolve around supporting or helping people in some capacity. Yeah. Or, or doing something that you're passionate about. Absolutely. Right? Cause you had mentioned in our, our original call um, that you had just recently finalized the acquisition of a steak shop or what yeah, was it? Yeah, a restaurant, yeah. right? Yeah. So a family yeah. butcher. Yep. A That's what it was. Yeah. I'm working with. Yep. And um, we, we just got that. So we're still in the process of finalizing some of those details and, 
and that scope. And so our team is going to be coming in and supporting them as far as their marketing events, um, engaging with their customers and building out their delivery services and a number of other things as far as the business goes. Uh, and the goal really is, I mean, you got a father son duo that works in this business all day long and they have reached their capacity as to what they're capable of doing. But our team has the capability to come in, restructure how they build out the business and then show them how to expand the business and get more of their time back so they can spend more time with their families and grow the business at the same time. Yeah. And so it's really what it's, what it's all about is, is how can I share these things that I've learned about business with other entrepreneurs who now want to seek that same freedom. Yeah. And that's really cool. I think that's such a, uh, a noble thing to do is to, yeah. in a sense, like pay it forward yeah. and, and to do it in a way that it's like, you're, you're financially vested in it, right? Cause yeah. you're, you're, it sounds like you're partnering up with them and, and you're investing yeah. in, in that business Absolutely. to help them get to that financial freedom, which then they'll be able to pursue other things if they want to. Um, yep. yeah, Absolutely. that's, that's really cool. So it's a very interesting model that we've come up with that doesn't exist. I mean, we're, we're, we're taking a chance on businesses that we believe in, that we feel have the ability to grow in exchange for an equity stake in their business. That, and so we play a long-term game. I mean, we really don't win until the business grows. That equity now has gained value. And then that's how we went on the back end. Right. In the meantime, they're, the business is growing. They're making more money and getting their time back. So they're winning on the other side as well. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. One day I'd like to do that. I think that's, yeah. I've always, I, for me, I've, I, I like the idea of trying to help other people out, but it's, it's, it can be challenging when they don't feel there's, if there's not something significant that they can lose, then they don't really commit and invest in it. Yep. Obviously with business owners, like they have an established business. If it fails, that's probably their livelihood. So partnering Absolutely. up with somebody where they've got, skin in the game like yep. that it, it's yep. it's probably a really great match absolutely so absolutely. what about okay so i got another question we got <laughs> you you got somebody like me who who loves the idea of helping all these people out and growing their business and just getting them a, a foot forward or whatever it is but mm -hmm. would when you were just starting out your career like you 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 were able to get to this point I would assume anyways, because you really focused on one thing and one thing in particular, and you weren't really spreading yourself out too thin, or, or am I wrong in that assumption? No, you are 100% correct. Um, I believe in playing laser focus. And so even now that you hear me talk about having all these different things that my hands are in, believe me, there's no way I could pull all this off without an amazing team of people working around me. Um, what I've learned is my strength is I'm very good at strategy. I'm very good at how to bring things to market and I'm very good at carrying the vision. My weakness is really the details. Like mm. that's not my strength. I see one and I see step 10. <laughs> I don't see anything in between. And so I bring this crazy idea back to the team and they say, okay, Chris, slow down. We got to think about this and this and this. And then they help me piece out those pieces together right. and help me map it all out. So there's none of this that I could pull off without having a great group of people around me um, that not only believe in the vision, but also believe in me and the leadership that I bring. And then together as a team, we pull it all together. Right. Um, but for those that are getting started, um, I 100%, I can't say it enough. You have to become laser focused on one thing. And uh, what I call it is a three-step process. You build it, you grow it, you master it. Those are the three steps that every entrepreneur has to go through when they create a new product 
service idea, you start by simply building out what it is that you want to do. Then you have to grow it by putting it out to the people, seeing if we really appreciate it. Do we want it? Are we willing to pay for it? You're going to learn a few things there. And then the last part is you have to master it. You have to master how it works, what it's going to be, what are your next, plan, your next steps, what are your plans for growth to take it to that next level. Only then do you introduce something, something new. Only mm. then do you bring out a second product. I think the best example of this is probably Apple. Apple doesn't give us anything new until they built it, grew it, and then mastered it. If you look back when they released the iPhone 10, and I'll make this very brief, uh, they released the iPhone 10 and the, I want to say the Apple Watch Series 1. They didn't give us anything new after that because the Apple Watch was only number two on the list under Rolex. Only when they passed Rolex did they give us something new. That was it. They don't make a move until they built it, grew it, and then mastered it. Hmm. Only after mastery do we give something new. The mistake early entrepreneurs make is they give us something new, they get excited, and they come up with a new idea, or they had two customers out of 300 people tell them to, you know, you should do this. And then they create another one, and before they knew it, they've got five things and a small marketing budget that doesn't stretch enough across those five, and they're trying to push off five products without ever testing and confirming that the market really wants it. And yeah. then it's frustrating when you've invested all this money and time and resources into these things and they don't sell. That's a pain. So you have to start with that one thing. Be very conservative. Start with that one thing. Build it, grow it, master it. Give it to us. Learn from it. Make some mistakes. Get it right. And then nail it. And then you master it. And then you introduce the next thing to us after you've mastered it. You introduce that second thing back to the same audience who's already told you, we love what you do. We believe in what you do. We will buy your product. You bring that second product back there. If that audience doesn't buy it, don't expect the public outside of that to buy it either. Yeah. <laughs> simple, simple as that. Yeah. That's yeah. where it starts. That's really good advice. I'm personally like, I'm taking a lot of value out of this because that's, you. I feel like that's kind of where I'm at where with the podcast. So the podcast is in itself is, is a, a part of the business, but it is not the only part of the business. Yeah. What I'm really doing is, 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 is in a sense, like a marketing service, digital marketing services. Sure. I just use the, the podcast as the platform to get those introductions, meet people, spread the good word. This is like a, 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 a simple way for me to add value to many people without really spreading myself too thin because yeah. I'm having conversations with people like you who are able to share amazing insight. So that's the the value I can share to all these people that used to come to me and be like, Hey, I could use your help with this, this blah, 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 blah. And I, would, I wanted to help them. Now I can mm -hmm. be like, Hey, just listen to the podcast. Absolutely. There's, there's nothing I'm going to be able to tell you that somebody like Chris or any of the other guests that I've had won't be able to tell you and, and they'll be better at it because they've been doing this for yeah. many, many, many years. And they're actual professional coaches. Me, I'm just, <laughs> I read the books and I like to help people. That's about yeah. it. I, so, I love coaching. I've, um, I've been coaching now about 10 years. Uh, in my last, I want to say almost five years, I've coached, um, I'm, I'm approaching 400 entrepreneurs um, from here to Germany and all over the United States that I've coached in the last few years. Um, so I've, I've been very humbled by the demand that I've had to want to support and help other entrepreneurs and they want to work with me. Um, but I love to share. I love to share. I, I believe, uh, Brendan Bouchard said it best when he talked about giving away your best content, 
you know, give away your best content, share all of your secrets and tips. And if you do that, the people that buy those things and get them for free, they're going to say, man, if this is that good. It's got to be even better if I pay for it. Yeah. So I am a firm believer in not holding back. I'm not here to tell you just what I do. I'm going to tell you the what, the who, the when, the why, the where, whatever, the, whatever <laughs> it is, I'm going to answer the question. I'm happy to share. <laughs> yeah. Have you, do you, you don't have a podcast yourself, do you? No, no. no? I've, I've thought about it. It's been, it's been mentioned to me a few times. I used to uh, co-host a radio show some years ago out of New York called okay. Power Talk. And yeah. uh, that was the last run that I did around media. And I've done interviews all over the place since then. So yeah, I think <laughs> I kind of like this side better some days. Yeah, no, and that's that's <laughs> I, I think that's a, a great place to be because then you're you're reaching like this. Yeah, you're reaching so many different audiences, right? Like you're going to reach my audience then somebody else's audience. And those two audiences, for the most part, are going to be very different, yep. but similar in a different in, in some ways, right? Yep. Whereas building your own audience, I think would be great as well, because I'm sure there would be a ton of value there. But yep. um, it's, <laughs> I would say it's a lot less work to be the guest than the host, right? Exactly. Because after this, I got to do the <laughs> editing and then the promotions and all that other stuff. So <laughs> exactly my point. Yeah, exactly. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have an appreciation and an enjoyment in some of those things to really get it. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I love it. I'm just not a detail guy. Yeah, you don't want me to edit any of your your shows. <laughs> now you just like, get your I mean, you get your team to do yeah. it, like you said. Exactly. That's what it would have to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I think I think that was a really good conversation. Uh, let's wrap it up with like I always like to wrap up every episode is, you know, coming out of this conversation that we just had, what would be the one. What's that one piece of advice that you would want to share to the audience that if let's say they're struggling with, I like the topic of focus, like focusing on one thing. Let's say they're struggling a little bit with that. Do you have some advice on how they can help themselves focus or get into a position where they're, they are only focusing on one thing in their business? Very good question. Um, I would give a short analogy um about a it's like the deer who walks out onto the highway and sees the oncoming vehicle the deer is mesmerized by the by the traffic and the lights of the oncoming vehicle and eventually the vehicle cleans the deer up off the roads um but if the deer had looked away for a split second he would have broken the spell from the vehicle and moved on it's the same way with people we cannot focus all of our time and attention on on our goal one second and look at it and talk about it and love it. And then all of a sudden something in life happens and we decide to focus over here. We have to learn to focus on the goal and address our problems, mm. focus on our goal and address our problems as needed, but we never ever focus on the problem. That would be the advice I would give is beginning to create that habit and discipline. No, it's not going to come overnight. No, it probably won't come in a week. But it will come in time if you consistently get good at mapping out a schedule that allows you to maintain a hefty focus on what it is that you're doing, what it is you're working on. So one last piece of that, what it was for me was when I wrote my first book, From Success to Significance, I woke up every morning at 7 a.m. and I knew that the first two hours of my morning was focused solely on writing. And I had it scheduled out like I was going to the gym to work out. Right. Every morning, that was the plan. Nothing was getting in the way. There's no answering phones. There's no stopping to go do anything else. It's this. And that's it. If I'm staring at a blank sheet, I'm staring at a blank sheet. 
<laughs> but for two hours, is, right? For two hours, yeah, <laughs> for two hours. Yeah. Because I'm getting into the habit of creating this discipline of this is what I'm going to be doing. And those habits are now still helping me all these years later of learning how to become focused in the things that I do now. Right. In the business I play in. So that would be my two cents. I'll talk yeah. Yeah, I think that's solid advice. There's a, a fantastic book. I've, I've referenced it a few times called The One Thing that talks about yeah. that. And it's basically what you shared there is the, the principle of time blocking. So you, yeah. you block off time, you set it aside, you put it in your calendar, it, you treat it as a highly important meeting, yes. non-negotiable. Yes. And you just, during that time, you turn off all distractions and you do the thing that you're supposed to be doing even like you said even if it means sitting in your chair and staring at a blank screen because you can't figure out what you're supposed to do at least spend that time thinking about it and mulling it over and just like eventually you break down the barriers but that's yeah i it. think that's fantastic advice that a yeah. lot of people especially in our 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 our, our culture of of attention seeking, everything's trying to grab your attention. Yep. And so to be able to protect your focus and develop your focus is, is a very powerful um, skill set, really. That's good. Yeah. I would add one more thing to that. <clears throat> and that would also be to create that discipline, put yourself in a position that makes you uncomfortable. Success mm. is not convenient. There's okay. nothing convenient about success. So simply meaning, you have to be uncomfortable to create the disciplines you want. Discipline and, and success don't come from a comfortable place. Intentionally make yourself uncomfortable. Okay. I like that. I like that addition because I think a lot of people, and I'm even including myself in this, think, <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm going to block two hours and it's going to be just fine, smooth sailing yeah. for those two hours. But then when you get into the, that block whether it's that the next day or a couple of weeks later, or a month later, yep. and you're like, you're really struggling and you're like, man, I hate this right now. Yep. You're, what you're saying is that's normal. That's part yeah. of the process. That's okay. it. That's a part like of that. it. And, and I mean, that, that uncomfortability could be you not sleeping in your bed mm. until this project is done. It needs mm. to be something that's painful. So there were times where I literally slept on my floor next to my bed with the goal of making myself uncomfortable, which would force me to reach the goal. Right. And when I reach the goal, I get my bed back. Hmm. I like that. Simple Playing with that. the, the yeah. running away from pain or pursuing pleasure. You kind of did it. both in a sense. Yeah. You're creating the pain to run away from, <clears throat> but then you also put forward like the, the carrot on the stick. Absolutely. You don't take a vacation until this is done. And if you've already bought the vacation, that vacation may get canceled if you don't reach this goal. Right. It's just that simple. If you don't want to lose the money you've already spent on that vacation, then you better get to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's a serious discipline. It takes a lot of commitment and discipline to commit to that and actually follow that through and really get it done. And when you reach it, the appreciation you will have on the other side of that success will be so worth it. Mm. It'll be so worth it. <laughs> Rather yeah. than the guilt you'll have when you take the vacation, knowing you didn't reach the goal, but you still take the pleasure. Yeah. There's a guilt that comes with that, that takes away some of the joy of that vacation. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really good. I like that. I think that's a great place, great place to wrap up. Um, that was a fantastic conversation, Chris. Yeah, Absolute good. pleasure. I'm so glad uh, you, 
you decide to to come on the show because I think that was a lot me. of fun. I appreciate um, it. Yeah. So, uh, where can people find you if they want to learn a little bit more about you? Yeah, Chris Mathis, K R I S M A T H I S dot com. Right on my website, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, any of those areas you can find me through all the social media. Just a simple Google search of Chris Mathis, and I should pop up. Great. I'll I'll make sure to include that in the show notes, and uh, yeah, that was that was really good. So thank you. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Get Coach Podcast. If you're looking for more information, you can head over to our website, which is getcoachedpodcast.com. You'll find the show notes for this and every other episode there. And if getting actionable advice every week from professional coaches is something you want more of, then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.